I promised I wasn't going to throw any. Well, I said I wouldn't bully, but I, I, I was trying so hard not to throw her any curveballs, and I failed miserably. I was just like, I can't resist saying what's on my mind right now. Blah, you know, so, um, yeah, just please, that, that was amazing. And, and what was your name again? Anna? Hannah. Um, totally different name. And then what was your name? Eliana. Um, these, let's give it up for them one more time, both of them. So, so sharing, sharing your, your, the, not your, but the charisma, Jesus's life, death and resurrection, like what our faith is all about. You have to do that in some way. And it's not like some line where you're like, you know, um, Hannah was reading this off of here because like she literally just heard the charisma and we just wanted to try it out right now. But the fact of the matter is, is like this, it's not something that you have to like read a line to. No, no, no. When you're saying this to somebody, it's not on your notes or whatever. You're supposed to be saying it to them from your heart. Like this is something like I've actually experienced Jesus in my own life. So what I'm saying to you right now is the truth. It's not my opinion. It's the truth because I've experienced this. Like I know Jesus and I want you to, you to know him too. Um, somebody once asked me when I was out in the street in the St. Paul Street Evangelization in Detroit, um, I remember somebody asked me, and I, and I had no idea what to say to this question. They asked me, why are you out here? Why are you doing this? And like, they weren't hostile or anything. They weren't like bullying me, but they asked me like, what, why are you like trying to share the gospel with people? And then they didn't say it like that. They have no idea anything about Christianity. Like it's just raw. Who are they? And I just said, I just love the Holy Spirit. And I just want other people to love the Holy Spirit too. So that should be the reason why you share the charisma with somebody. Who do, you, who do you share the charisma with? Not everybody. You should preach the gospel at all times only if the Holy Spirit directs you to. See, because then it's the Holy Spirit speaking through you like Hannah did right here. And it's not you. Like, you don't have to worry about, oh, what if I mess up the words? Like, what if I screw up and I, I sound like an idiot? That will happen. But the fact is, is like evangelism doesn't happen. This is all what we're talking about. Evangelism doesn't happen through because of you, what you do. It's because of the Holy Spirit. So preach the gospel as the Holy Spirit directs. Okay. So first of all, does anybody have any questions before we move on? Any questions about anything that you've been wanting to ask? How did I get to be so good looking in 37 years? I know. Just lucky, I guess. And it can be about okay. anything, like any any question about the faith, um, God, life. Or if somebody's been challenging you and you just have you just don't know what to say. Any anything? Yeah. Yes. How did we meet? We met on the internet through a Catholic dating website called CatholicChicks.com. It was not called CatholicChicks.com. <laughs> um, no, but we, it's true that we did meet on a Catholic dating website. Um, I had dated somebody for a long time that I was get, thought I was going to marry that was not Catholic. And he had, he was thinking about it, but then we started talking about having kids. It was just, just so important to me and everything that I did in youth ministry to have somebody who shared that. So, um, we broke up and, um, and then I, a friend convinced me to sign up for this website because she had to, it was Ave Maria Singles. 
Um, Same thing. And then he uh, I never dated anybody really until me. I was his first kiss, actually, literally. Yes, but that's because no one would date me. So, so because nobody would date him, he signed up online on the site. And um, <laughs> yeah, so it's good. I actually, saw, yeah. One of Wait, his um, stop. One of his uh, pickup lines, so to speak. On your profile, you have to select your weight range, and I accidentally selected something a lot higher than what I actually weigh. And before we met in person, um, I was like, hey, David, um, so uh, just so you know, I'm not going to tell you how much I weigh, but it's not that. And he was like, baby, what can I say? I like my women like I like my peanut butter. Chunky. Guys, feel free to use that line. No, if you're called it. to the vocation of marriage, yeah, yes, it, it'll help you. He was. Not I wasn't me. in a cage. <laughs> what do I look like? <laughs> so wait, wait, what was your question? You thought you said you were engaged, but you didn't really have many dates. Oh, sorry, sorry, I reacted there. Um, yeah, so during the time that I was I was Muslim, uh, that short span of three months, uh, I I was engaged to somebody to to a Muslim woman, and um, obviously that didn't work out. I broke her heart. <laughs> it wasn't real. It was sort of a sort of an arranged. Thing. It wasn't like a dating dating. It was kind weird, of thing. man. Yeah, it was kind of weird. So yes. Um, never speak to them again. Avoid them. <laughs> They're your friends, you said? Oh, my gosh. One of the things that... I, well, actually, there's a whole family here who just entered the church as a whole family. And David took a video of like the father and all the children being baptized. It's the most beautiful thing. And all we did... And all that happened in their lives was just being friends with them. They see the light of Christ in us. We told them about the church. You know, some, there's some level of argument there because it's like, you know, like when I was dating a Baptist, he didn't understand my relationship with Mary. Um, he, he was like, you know, oh, you worship Mary and whatever. And so there's some level of argument there that can happen with, especially with non-denominational Protestant friends. But there's also just like, hey, you know, come to mass with me and we'll go out to eat afterwards. And, you know, and if you can't receive communion because you are not in communion with the church, but we would love to have you. We'd love to see you, you know, and if you've ever interested in learning more, I'd love to share that. Like if, if you put it in a positive way, I feel like when I was growing up, it was like if you're not Catholic, then you're going to hell was kind of the mentality of how my parents, uh, you know, kind of raised me to view Protestants. But here's the thing. We love Jesus, and that's a great common ground to start with and to say, hey, would you, why don't you come to youth group with me? Or why don't you come to, you know, and just, it's not our job. Sometimes we think it's our job to convert people. It's not our job. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Our job is to share the good news, and what they do with that is between them and the Holy Spirit, which is uh, kind of takes the weight off your shoulders a little bit, but it also can be hard to let go of that responsibility too. Practically speaking, like two things never be afraid to say like when they when they if they stump you which they will uh because they're it's interesting like how many protestant youth groups are like are talking about catholicism they're talking about you guys and like what you believe and like you go to a catholic youth group and we're just like yeah you cool 
yeah, I'm cool. You know, we're cool. We're all cool. <laughs> but they're like, they're like, and this is why Mary is, is, you know, not a virgin. And, you know, like, it's like, that's what they're learning. Right. So, so here's the thing. Like, um, never be afraid, first of all, to say, I, I don't know the answer to that, but I, I know somebody that does, or, um, I'll get back to you on that. Like that's, that's an okay, that's a better response than, than you don't know it and you're just trying to fumble for something or Siri, uh, tell me Mary was a virgin. Like, <laughs> like uh, that's a good question for Siri. Um, that wasn't a question. That was a statement. Um, don't order Siri around. Okay. The other thing is there's some great apologetic stuff out there. Um, apologetics is like how to defend the faith. Some easy stuff that you could like pick up on Kindle or iBooks. Um, that's just like all the things that, that people argue Catholics about, like from Mary, the Pope, uh, the Bible, tradition, uh, you know, why, why are priests celibate, all these things that have to do with Catholicism, why people, you know, trash the faith or whatever. Um, pick up one of those things. I got a cool uh, sheet of paper that literally has all these hot button issues that people argue with Catholics about, and it has all the scripture verses, and I mean all the scripture verses about everywhere in, in the Bible where it defends those beliefs. Like, here's all the verses in Scripture that talk about celibacy and why celibacy is good and okay. Like, here's all the verses in Scripture that talk about the assumption of Mary, right? That belief in the assumption. Like, so get yourself one of those. I chopped it up and, like, taped it to the inside of my Bible. So literally, like, when anybody asks me anything about the faith, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right here in the Bible. Like, <laughs> I have this cheat sheet. <laughs> They're like, man, he's smart. No, I'm not. I mean, yes, I am. <laughs> so, Yeah. Yeah, there's so many resources out there. Yeah. Okay, so yes. let's move on really quick. I want you to um, find a person, and I, all I want you to do is share with each other what you did before you came to this conference, like the day before, just one thing, um, something that has stuck with you from this conference, and what you plan to do um, later this evening. All right, so find somebody, just say what you did before, what jumped out of you at the conference, and then something you're going to do later. You got three minutes. Ready, set, go. Find somebody you don't know. Find somebody you don't know. You're, why would you talk to your friends? Seriously. Okay, so... <laughs> so far this morning... So, so far this morning, they're today, throughout our time together, you guys heard mine and David's witnesses. Then after you heard our witnesses, we talked to you about the kerygma. We talked about how you know God is real, how you can answer if somebody's arguing. And we talked about suffering, like where is God in our suffering? So what I want to ask you is if one of you would be willing to share your witness Okay, you've kind of been prepped for this moment. You've heard ours, you've seen it. All it is, is very simply, what, what was life like before you encountered the Lord? What was that encounter with the Lord? And how is your life different now? So if I was going to sum up mine really fast, I would say my life before I was contemplating suicide and I was uh, doing self-harm. When I met the Lord, I was at a retreat where I really heard about not just the physical suffering of Jesus, but the emotional suffering. And my life is different now because I know that he's with me even when I am suffering and that he's got a plan for my life and he loves me. That took less than 60 seconds. Anybody here just want to share your witness? 
yeah, come on up. Let's give her a hand. Hi, my name's Kateri. I am going to be a junior, and I'm from St. Louis. Um, so my story, it took a year and seven months for me to kind of figure it out. Um, but before, I was kind of just like a usual teenager who would go to youth group and go to retreats. And like I was trying to figure out who God was and like what he wanted me to do. And I had this great confirmation sponsor, um, my older cousin, and he had a great Marian devotion. And I was actually pretty inspired to do so, but I was pretty lazy to act on it. So I didn't really act on it. And then January of 2018, I was sitting in adoration and they were doing the final, um, like the closing prayer. And our uh, music minister at the end does repeat after me. So he'll be like, blessed be Mary. And then like, go through the litany. And I started to cry and I didn't know why, but I knew someone in heaven was trying to get my attention and I couldn't figure it out. And then this past Subinville, um, they kept, the speakers kept bringing up the Holy Spirit and how vital the Holy Spirit is in your prayer life and how Jesus brought the Holy Spirit like to us after he ascended into heaven and um, it finally clicked right before adoration. And we've heard this all the time. It's crazy. But it finally clicked. Just like um, God got um, your mother's, um, like it clicked. It just has to click. And it clicked that Jesus wants us to go through Mary and the Holy Spirit to get to him. Like those are, especially Mary, because she was human. And she's like, she knows exactly how you're feeling. And so it clicked with me, and that was just mind-blowing to me that it's so simple, but yet we can complicate things, like to be incredibly complicated when you literally could pray the rosary and continue to grow closer to Mary. Um, so right now, I'm just kind of in my journey of growing closer to the Holy Spirit and Mary and getting to know God and how he works in my life. Awesome. Very good. Thank you, Kateri. Praise God. Okay. Anybody else? Yeah, come on up. What's your name again? Mary Catherine. Okay. Hi, I'm Mary Catherine. Um, so like I'm sure a lot of you are, I was born Catholic, you know, baptized as a baby. And we went to Mass every Sunday, you know. We did all the RE stuff. And we went to summer, Catholic summer camp and all that. Um, in fifth grade, this is like really earlier than a lot of people normally like have like a conversion moment, but this is the start of my conversion deeper into the faith. And I was sitting at this camp and we had adoration. And um, stepping on wires. Um, we had adoration and we were sitting there and one of the seminarians was leading us in adoration and he told us to close our eyes and he led us through this meditation like Jesus, or imagine that you're, you see Jesus and he tells you, I love you, and I want to be with you, and I accept you as you are. And like that, like I started crying, we left, and that started like the ball rolling for my uh, journey deeper into my faith. Um, a few years later, like I still like go into that, and like I still like see like, oh yeah, that's Jesus in the Eucharist, and like that was a great turning point for that, where like I actually realized that's what it was. Um, Last summer, I worked at the summer camp for the first time, and I had a moment where I was sitting in the chapel praying the rosary, and as I'm praying the rosary, 
I stopped and I looked up at the cross. And I looked down at the crucifix in my hand and I heard a voice say, I want you. This is really powerful. He said, I want you. And I looked around and there was no one else in the, in the chapel with me. And I knew that that was God's call to me, telling me that, hey, I want you to come and run to me. And that started me on my discernment challenge, or my discernment towards religious life right now. Um, I was feeling really lonely this past summer at the beginning, and I was in adoration again, because everything happens in adoration. And I was really lonely, and again, like, look up at the cross, and I close my eyes, and I'm transported, or teleported, whatever, to Calvary. And I see Jesus coming down off the cross, and he walks towards me with his arms wide open, and I run to him, and we're dancing together, and he's running his fingers through my hair and telling me that he loves me so much. And we're going through that, and we go and we sit, and he points at his cross, and he says, look at that. I did that for you, because I love you. And he had the biggest smile on his face, and I know that was from God, because I know that he loves me, and that has changed my life over the past, like, two months. So yeah, now I'm planning on going to Benedictine College and doing a double major in evangelization and catechesis and theology, and hopefully I'll continue my life through that and religious life. Okay. One, yes, come on up. Well, no, 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 come on up, come on up. We'll do, we'll do both, both of y'all, both of you, both, both of you, of you. both of you. Come on up, get on up here. Both of you. <laughs> come on, so let's, hand, let's do hand. some uh, clapping because it won't be awkward. That's a long way, <laughs> long way to right. walk. Okay, um, my name is Jacinta. Um, I'm 14 years old and I'm uh, gonna be a freshman. Um, so I'm adopted and. Uh, for a long time, I had a problem with that, if that makes any sense. Um, I was, I always felt like I wasn't really meant to be here, like I was kind of like a mistake, because um, my mom didn't want me. She tried to get rid of me when I, like before I was born. Um, but I got adopted, and for a while, I thought I was kind of like a mistake. Um, and then I went into eighth grade. This, like, this continued until, I guess summer of seventh grade, and then I went into eighth grade, and um, at my old school, I guess now, um, we have an adoration. It's like, uh, it was in an auditorium, and it's just dark, and there's like a bunch of candles just like on a tower um, in the middle of the room. And so we have this once a year, and it never really did anything for me before, but um, at this time I was particularly struggling, um, trying to like, see how I was needed um, and how like anybody, like if I, how I wasn't a mistake because people would tell me, you know, like you're meant to be here or whatever, but I didn't really believe them, I guess. So um, I was sitting there praying and like it wasn't really clicking with me. Like I, I wasn't feeling anything just like all the other years. And then all of a sudden I just like broke down in tears and I don't know why. I was sitting with a bunch of preschoolers um, trying to like keep them in check, I guess. and. Um, all of a sudden, I just started crying, and I, like, I didn't really feel anything. You know, I just started crying for no reason, and then 
I just felt like this peace, I guess, come over me. And I stopped crying. You know, it was like there was no tears there anymore. And I just like felt like somebody was saying that they loved me. Um, I didn't hear a voice or anything like that. Uh, it wasn't some cool like thing, but it just like I just felt somebody saying that they loved me. And that alone, just hearing one person say that, because I'd heard like my parents tell me that before, you know, and it, I knew that they loved me, but like hearing this particular voice, it just meant more to me than that. So um, after that, after I got out of adoration, you know, I was um, just like thinking about that for the rest of the day, and I would just like randomly start crying throughout the day, and like every time I'd think about it, I would just have this like peace come over me. Um, so now I'm here, and I know that Jesus loves me. I knew that that was God, because um, I it couldn't have been anybody else. I just I knew that it was Jesus that was telling me that He loved me, and it really helped to make it's made my life a lot better hearing that um, one little voice. So. And just to add to that really quick, right before Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, you know what he says? He, he's talking to this group of people and he said, and who, these people ha literally have rocks in their hands and they're ready to stone Jesus. And they're holding these rocks. And Jesus says to them, my sheep know me. I know my sheep. They know my voice and no one will snatch them out of my hands. Abortion, you know, all these different things. You know, she was saying that, that uh, she felt like she wasn't meant to be. Jesus says, no one will snatch you out of my hands, those who belong to me. So what's your witness? I'm Gabriel, actually. Um, I'm part of St. Louis. Well, first off, for my witness was um, I've been um, um, I've been part of the youth group before I came before I came before the conference starts. Um, I know that Jesus is with me up in heaven. Um, I know that Mother Mary is standing there in my midst, wondering if I'm supposed to be up there with her. Um, when Jesus was raising Lazarus from the dead. Uh, he says, um, Nazareth, come out. So I, for my witness was, um, I've been um, discouraged sometimes, but I've been um, around with a couple of my parents, and my my mom really wants to press me about a couple minutes ago, because, because before I met Christ, um, I know that Christ is there for me, and I'm gonna marry is wrapped me in the mantle before I've been loved by, loved by God, actually, um, before um, Jesus was part of my life right now. So I pray for him, and Jesus is there. And in my midst, wondering if he says my name, and it says, Gabriel, I want you to come up to be with me in heaven really soon, and I hope I would love to meet you again. Thank you. Guys, um, that 
that again, that we said this earlier, that is literally what evangelism is. Um, at the beginning of today, like I didn't let you guys get away with answers, you know, just like, oh yeah, being uh, evangelized is where you're a disciple. Like these are just things that we've heard in class, but we've never like really said it in, in, to anybody that really it, it, it matters. Like, you know, and maybe, maybe you have here, that's great. But I'd like to say, I think that the majority of us have never been in a conversation with somebody where it's just like, you, you shared your faith, you shared with, with, with how you know Jesus is personally real for you. Why? Because we're like taught not to do that. You just keep that to yourself because you don't want to like offend somebody or, or whatever. But the fact of the matter is that right there, like everybody here, and it wasn't just the people that, that shared out loud, but I'm sure there's other people here that you know Jesus is personally real. Why? Because why, if you kept on asking that to you, if I kept on asking you, what it would come down to is because you know he's real because he's changed your life in some way. That's it. That's how you know Jesus is personal, how you've experienced and encountered him. Like you've come in contact with the living God and you can't stay the same. It's like when they, somebody brings up the bread and wine at mass and it's like, that's not gonna stay the same when that gets on that altar. In the same way, I know he's real. I know I'm a disciple because my life is flipping changed. And you hear like every single one of these, these witnesses, you know, that you've heard today, they're all different. What's your story? So if you have not encountered God, if you have not made that decision to give your life to him, or like maybe it's just as simple as like, I've never thought about how I personally know. I always thought like it was like a scientific question. How do you personally know that Jesus is real? I was like going to go into like, you know, studies or whatever. You know, it's simple. It's written right on your heart. How has he changed your life? That's it. And one of the things I want to challenge you to do is for each other's sake, and just if you didn't get a chance to share, um, if, you, if you have an Instagram what I want you to do, I'm going to challenge you that, to this, and, and some of you are going to feel like, I, I, I can't yet, I'm not ready for that, and that's okay. But I want to challenge you to take a selfie and post your witness. What was life like before? And just start, like, I know Jesus is real because when I was whatever age, I was really struggling with this or whatever, or, you know, I've always loved Jesus. I've, I've always been Catholic, and I know that he's real because of the joy that he gives me when I go to Mass, whatever that is, whatever your story is, and just hashtag um, Midwest Catholic Family Conference abbreviated, so MCFC. And then we can go and look at that. We can go and read your witnesses and be inspired by one another. Amen. Okay, I'll do mine too. Um, so, I, and David will do his, and we'll just hashtag MCFC, and uh, so we can read each other's stories. Okay, but I'm gonna tell you a story um, about when I was trying to follow the Lord, and I ended up hitchhiking again. So, okay, I was um, I was on my way to the airport to go and speak at a conference in Wisconsin, and since we live in Dodge City, you know, those of you who are from around uh, Kansas area, you know that there's not a great way to travel out of Dodge City. I can drive to Garden City, which is almost an hour away, or I can drive to Wichita, and I've done both. But this particular morning, it was really early in the morning, it was winter, it was dark, it's like four o'clock in the morning, I'm pregnant with our fourth child. And all of a sudden, I'm driving down this two-lane road, and this error message comes on on my dashboard, and it says traction control error. And 
I know traction, what that means. So I was, but I didn't know what traction control error was. So I'm like looking at the roads. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I don't think I need traction. So I just keep driving. And as I'm driving, all of a sudden it starts, won't let me go past 30 miles per hour. And it's flashing like turn engine off. What? So I call David and I'm like, David, the car is breaking down. It says, turn engine off. I don't know what to do. He's like, turn the engine off. So, okay. So I happen to just like roll into the only gas station between Dodge City and Garden City. So I roll into this gas station and it's overheating. The car is overheating. So I tell David again, like, I don't know what to do. Like call AAA or whatever. And he's like, you know, if it's overheating, check the radiator fluid. So, okay. When I was in college, I was like, I don't need a man. I can do everything by myself, but I've gotten lazy over the married years and I can't even open the hood of my car. So I'm like, David, I can't open the car. He's like, there's a latch. There's a latch. I'm like, there's no latch. So I have to ask somebody like, hey, can you pop the hood? I need to check the radiator fluid. So this man comes over, he pops the hood and I'm like, wait, 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 where's the radiator fluid? (laughs) And so he comes over, he shows me, he's like, yeah, you know, it's empty. You should probably refill that. So I go into the gas station and I'm telling everybody like, I have to get to the airport. I'm going to miss this flight. It's the only flight that's going to get me in time for this event tonight in Wisconsin. If I miss this flight, I'm going to miss this whole event. And so I'm telling everybody this. and I buy the radiator fluid. I fill the car up or put the hood down, start the car. It seems good. So I start driving and I'm like about 10 minutes away from the gas station when all of a sudden it says turn engine off now. But at this point, I'm like, no, I have to get to this airport. So I keep going and then all of a sudden smoke starts coming out. So even if I wanted to go, I couldn't because I couldn't see. So I pull over and I'm like, Ugh. I call David and I said, David, the car is totally broken down. It's smoking. I'm on the side of the road. There's nothing around me except farmland. I, I can't even go back to the gas station. And he's like, okay, it's okay. Calm down. I will call AAA. Everything will be fine. And so I hang up with David and I'm sitting there and I'm cranky because I'm like, Lord, I am trying to tell people about you and I'm stuck on the side of the road. And I'm like, do you know how much I do? I'm like being such a jerk. I'm like, do you know how much I do for you? And so anyways, so then, but as I'm praying and I'm getting all my like crankiness out, I was like, all right, Lord, you you know, this is your ministry. If you want me to get to the airport, you'll provide a way. So I'm just sitting there. And then all of a sudden this car rolls up and this guy rolls down his window and he's like, hey, are you the girl trying to get to the airport? I was like, Yes. And he goes, well, I'm driving right past there on my way to work. I would be happy to take you. I was like, okay, because I felt like I had already prayed, like the Lord would provide a way and ding, 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 ding. Here comes creepy guy in a car in the middle of the night. So um, it must be from the Lord. So I like get out of my car. I get in this guy's car. I shut the door and I'm like, this is how I die. Um, so I was like, I I'm pregnant. Because I figured nobody would like hurt a pregnant lady, you know? So I'm like, I'm, I'm, he's just like, oh, congratulations, that's great. Um, so I'm like, six months, six months, pretty far along, you know? Um, but then uh, we're driving along, and then David calls me, and I'm like, I forgot about him. Um, so I answer the phone, and I'm like, hey. And he's like, hey, I'm on the phone with AAA, where are you? And I'm like, I'm on the way to the airport. And he goes, oh, the car's working? And I'm like, I got a ride. (laughs) And he's like, what? With who? And I'm like, what's your name? And the guy's like, Josh Smith. And I'm like, 
it's Josh Smith. Who the heck is Josh Smith? I'm like, honey, I have to go. It is rude to talk about somebody like they're a psycho killer to their face. So I'm just like, I have to go. And so I said, you know, if you don't hear from me in 30 minutes, call the cops. So I hang up on him because David is like freaking out. He's hysterical. I mean, this is ridiculous. I mean, I seriously. hysterical? He was like crying. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and so anyways, so we were on the way to the airport with Josh Smith. And then David calls me back and he's like, hey, did you leave the keys in the car? Because that's the only set of keys that we have. And I can get the car fixed while you're gone. And I was like, no, I forgot to leave the keys in the car. And Josh Smith overheard. And he's like, I could take the keys and meet up with your husband later. And I was like, okay, because I feel like if you're going to trust the Lord, like you have to trust him all the way, right? Yeah. So I give him the keys and David is flipping out and I, I get out of Josh Smith's car and his he's name, like, his name is Josh Smith. Like if you were going to make up a name, that would be it. <laughs> so he was super nice. He was very nice. And um, then he also said, you know, my dad is a mechanic. We could take the car to my dad's house. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds great that we could take the car to your dad's house. That's fine. Um, so anyways, so I get out of the car. I get my suitcase and everything. And I'm going into the airport. And if you have ever been in the airport in Garden City, it's like one room, right? And there's not a lot there. But I happen to see our bishop from Dodge City. And so Bishop, he laughs when I tell the story. He always feels so bad. I'm like, Bishop, did you not see me on the side of the road? Like, he's like, I'm so sorry I didn't. But then I thought, you know, if the plane crashes and I really wasn't supposed to be on this plane, it's going to be fine. Everything is going to be fine because, you know, it, it was meant to be. The bishop is there. I could just give my confession really fast. If the plane goes down, it's fine. It's fine. Everything's good. So Josh Smith was great. I made it to my flight. I got to the event in Wisconsin and they were like, please don't tell the teenagers this story because <laughs> we don't want to encourage them um, to take rides with strangers. So don't, don't do that. My mom always said not to do that, but the Lord said that I was, no, <laughs> okay, but this is what happens, right? Like you are trying to follow the Lord and then stuff just keeps getting in the way. Like, stuff just keeps discouraging you. And the Lord is saying, like, listen, I got this. I got it. You know? When you leave here, if something stirred in your heart and you're like, man, I need to change some things in my life. I need to do better. Like, please, God, help me do better. And then you run into that first obstacle. Just remember, he's got you. He's got your back. He loves you. He wants what's best for you. He's not going to let you down. So the Lord sometimes, for me, he has to kind of take things away from me because I'm a control freak and I like to know what's going on all the time. I like to have my plans, you know, like, like Hannah. I like to know the details of what's going to happen before I can step out in the water. But the Lord's got you. Guys, the apostles, when they had, they've seen Jesus do all these amazing things. And what, where are they after Jesus has, has died and, and he, he, he was taken up into heaven in the, in the ascension? Where were the apostles? Does anybody know? Yes. They were in the room hiding. They were like in this room, the lo doors locked. Like they've seen all these amazing miracles and still when it counted, like they're hiding. They're scared until when? When were they no longer scared? When what is it? Not when Jesus appeared. Yes. The Holy Spirit, when he sent the Holy Spirit and it appeared of tongues of fire over everybody's head um, with Mary too. 
And then they weren't afraid anymore. And all of a sudden, these guys who were scared of being made fun of, they were scared of being associated with Jesus. Like, Peter denied Jesus, not because, you know, he, he just was, like, trying to ignore him and play it off. He denied him because he was scared that he was going to face the same death. And yet, when God sends his Holy Spirit, all of a sudden, these ordinary men have the courage to die. These ordinary men have the courage to die with the Holy Spirit. So this is what we're going to do as in just in our final minutes here. We're going to do some prayer, and we're going to ask the Lord to send his Holy Spirit. But we're going to also ask the Lord that he would help us do the things that we're struggling with right now. So maybe that's forgiving somebody. You know, I, I recently spoke to a Catholic high school and uh, at, after the event, the teacher said, you know, if you want to talk to Noelle afterwards, she's going to be here the whole day and you guys can go and talk to her. And I will tell you the number one issue that the teenagers that came into that office had was with forgiveness. And when they were saying like, these very, very, very painful stories, and I would say, have you forgiven them? They would say, are you kidding me? I'm not going to forgive them. They can't come back in my life. They can't have that control over me. And I said, forgiveness is not letting them get away with stuff. Forgiveness is for you to be made whole again. They, that sin, that abuse, that hurt no longer has power over you. What is keeping you from receiving the Holy Spirit to go out now and share your witness we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come help us to forgive, take away our fears, give us the gifts that we need to follow him. So what I want you to do is just um, close your eyes for a minute. the Holy Spirit for the, th the gift that you need. He loves you so much. Sometimes we know a lot about him, but we haven't taken the time to know him. Whenever I used to pray, I used to give him just a big list of things that I wanted him to do for me. But now I go to the scripture, like, Lord, what are you saying? What do you want to say to me today? Pray the rosary and just think about the life of Jesus. Always when I pray the rosary and I'm thinking about the mysteries, something new pops out. I mean, I've heard the stories about Jesus a thousand times, a million times probably. I want to teach you this song. It's pretty easy. We're just going to say, Come Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit. Just repeat after me. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Fill us with your love. 
Help us to forgive those who have hurt us. Give us freedom. Give us courage. Give us healing. Help us to share the good news. Help us to see the good news in our lives. you to turn to somebody next to you and ask them what what do they need prayers for and I'm going to lead you in a in a prayer for them guys it's not a time to listen listen it's not a time to you know just say something silly just to get uh, you know what you really need prayers for out of the way but take a moment right now and just you have this time to really make this faith thing come alive like where you're not just saying like oh yeah I'll pray for you but just remember that the Holy Spirit is the one that prays through you so don't be afraid to pray for that person right now and what they ask you to pray for it's not you that's going to say the prayer it's God that's going to say that if you have been wondering what it's like to encounter God praying for somebody is a way to really have that happen truly because the prayer doesn't come from us so if I was going to do this, David, what do you need prayers for? Uh, my dad has cancer. And I'm not just making that up. Like, that's real. So here's how I would pray for David. I would just say, thank you, God, for David. Thank you for the gift that he is and what you're doing in his life. And Lord God, we lift up his dad. We ask for healing. We ask for peace to come upon his family. We thank you, Jesus, for hearing our prayers. Amen. So now I want you to pray for the person who they told you their intention and pray for them. Thank God first, lift up their intention, and then thank God for hearing their prayer. Ready, set, 